Daniel Francis Baranowski, and welcome to the very first edition of the Frankly Daniel Show on the America Out Loud radio network. As you probably know, America Out Loud is celebrating its fifth anniversary and has just launched an entirely new lineup, an entirely new website, and both are awesome. If you're into conservative talk radio, this is the place to be. There's nowhere else you'd rather be if you're a conservative and you'll want to hear what conservatives have to say about what's really going on in this country. From my perspective, there's the gospel truth, the obvious honest truth, and the truth of the radical left. Well, I'm not here to speak about the gospel, but I know something about the truth and what it takes to validate the truth in today's high-stakes political arena of blood sport politics. I'm here to frankly argue against the onslaught of vicious and malicious false narratives pumped out by Democrats, the radical left, and of course their propaganda masters among the massive liberal mainstream media. On this show, I'm going to take on the timeliest national topics confronting us, and I'm going to debunk the sinister misrepresentations we're bombarded with on what has become an unimaginable scale. I can already hear you say, Tell tell me something I didn't know. Tell me something that gives me a deeper understanding of what I'm being told by the media. There's lots of media outlets. Tell me something that gives me a deeper understanding of what I'm being told by the media. There's so many media outlets. Yeah, tell me something I can say back with some kind of confidence to my co-workers and even my family when we get into heated discussions about what's true in the politics of today. Well... That's what I'm here to do. Frankly speaking, this is the mission of this show. Unfortunately, politics has invaded every aspect of our life, and it's not going away. There's no escaping it. Nothing sacred anymore. Not even apple pie. Soon we're going to hear from the radical left that apple pie was never American, but instead somehow an invention of white privilege. I'll give you the facts, just like Sergeant Friday on Dragnet. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. But up and beyond that, I'll also give you my thoughts about the facts and show you how the left is perpetually torturing those facts into fictional narratives that lie to us regardless of our political affiliation. The point is this. I'll give you the facts and the verbal scripts with which to pierce the convoluted veil of coordinated politically driven propaganda. I believe that by By dousing these false narratives in scalding sunshine, I can show you what we, together, can do in a positive, optimistic way to recourse and repurpose conservatives to save our country. Edmund Burke said, All that's necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. We are good women and men. We will not sit back and do nothing. I swear to tell you the truth the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, Daniel. So, with that first show introduction stated, instead of jumping right into the heavy stuff, let's start with something a little lighter. 
and why not start with Hunter Biden and his mysterious laptop? You know, baby boy Hunter, he's just written his memoirs. You ask, why would anyone be interested in what that idiot has to say? It's beyond me. You're probably wondering right now why you and I are even talking about this. Okay, point taken. Nevertheless, Hunter has been doing the rounds on all the big media stations, television included. He's talking about his truth, as they say, in his soon-to-be blockbuster memoir, for which he's been reportedly paid a $2 million advance. Yes, it will be a blockbuster because gullible Democrats consume trash like this. Nonetheless, I can't believe this guy. I mean, I, I got to get his playbook. This guy has hardly done a thing in his life, and yet he's walking away with millions. Now, how do you do that? He must have had a very effectively bent teacher. As you may remember, there's been numerous reports about incriminating emails and graphic personal pictures of Hunter on this alleged laptop. Yes, I'm talking about the laptop he allegedly dropped off at a Delaware repair shop, the one that the repair shop owner turned over to the FBI. As it turns out, the store owner gave a copy of the laptop's hard drive to attorney Rudy Giuliani. That's how the laptop's content got out to us, got out to the public. Now, from this hard drive, we learned about numerous emails outlining who was going to get paid and how much from an alleged, a lot of alleged, you have to put those in there, alleged pay-for-play influence peddling scheme. Perhaps you've also seen some of the hundreds of salty pictures of Hunter in his natural drug-infested habitat. Well, much of what was chronicled in these emails happened while his father, Joe Biden, was vice president and even after he left office. They strongly hint that Joe was, allegedly, party to the pay-for-play influence peddling scheme, that Hunter and Joe's brother were allegedly peddling to the Ukraine, China, and other Eastern European countries. When the New York Post broke this story, weeks before the 2020 presidential election, well, social media colluded to, to block the story and punish anyone trying to comment on the story from using their platforms. There's a lot of Twitter users that are no longer Twitter users because of that very event. Apparently, the truth about these happenings it really gets in the way of the Biden family's sort of fictional narrative about all of this. Anyway, nearly all the interviewers asked Hunter about the Ukrainian multi-million dollar board seat he occupied for 36 months. Now, that's not a bad-paying job at $83,600 a month. They asked him whether he would do it again knowing what he knows now. I was surprised that he said that, no, he wouldn't do it again. Well, why, obviously, was the next question. Hunter's answer, sort of interesting. Quote, I didn't fully comprehend the level to which this former administration, meaning, of course, the Trump administration, and the people around it would go. The difference between the politics that you're talking about in terms of the last four years is a very different game. And I don't ever want to hand a weapon to people that would use it in an illegitimate way like they used that weaponry against my dad. Huh. 
Asked again if he made a mistake joining the Burisma board, Hunter said, quote, I don't think I made a mistake in taking this spot on the board. I think I made a mistake in terms of underestimating the way it would be used against me. So uh, Hunter's public relations and legal problems are Trump's fault and our fault for calling Hunter and the Biden family out. It makes total nonsense to me. How about you? Let, let, let me play a short clip of Hunter being questioned about whose laptop does the FBI have. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that this is... I really don't know okay. the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop was yours. I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that there was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Well, that sounds like the typical horse manure <laughs> that we get from the Biden family. Next topic. Let's talk about Lisa Murkowski, the lady rhino from Alaska. As it turns out, and there's still plenty of time to go, she is a primary election challenger, and her name is Kelly Shabaka. Kelly leads Murkowski by double digits in the preliminary polls, but that's only because it's impossible for her to, to lead by triple digits at this point. Kelly's a former Alaska Department of Administration commissioner, and she leads Murkowski by roughly 15 points, or you could say 36.6 points to Murkowski's 18.8. Now, wouldn't it be fabulous to erase one of the three big rhinos from the Republican Senate? Of course, the other one is Susan Collins, and unfortunately, we're struck with uh, Rhino Collins for a while, approximately another five and a half years to be exact. And Mitt the Fit Romney, he doesn't come up for re-election until 2024. Next topic. I have to talk about this one. There really isn't any choice. I was jumping off our living room furniture as I watched 60 Minutes smear, besmirch, and flat-out lie about my governor, Ron DeSantis. Now, I've lived in Florida for seven years. I grew up in Arizona. I love Arizona. But I've been on the East Coast most of my adult life. Baltimore, Philadelphia, Virginia, Boston, Cincinnati and finally Florida. And what's not the love about Florida? The place is booming. It's one of the few states run as our founding fathers wanted a state to run, free and with liberty for all. Ron, uh, n uh, no, I don't know him personally, but I feel comfortable in calling him Ron. He's that kind of guy. Ron thought that his first COVID-19 vaccine duty was to protect the elderly. After all, 80% of COVID deaths are of those 65 and older. And that's exactly what DeSantis did with all the COVID-19 policies. I know this because I'm one of those old folks. But here comes the horse manure. 60 Minutes, like other liberal smear merchants on the left, decided to go after our up-and-coming governor by trying to link him to a pay-for-play vaccine contract uh, scheme with Florida's Publix supermarkets. You might remember before Donald Trump left office, he set up federal contracts with CVS and Walgreens to be nationwide vaccinators for the COVID vaccine. Their first responsibility in the state was to vaccinate the elderly in nursing homes. So they weren't initially out vaccinating others in the community. Thus, we needed other sites to administer the shots. In extensive consultation with community officials and leaders, the DeSantis administration contracted with Florida's 
public supermarkets. Now, 60 Minutes openly accused DeSantis of taking $100,000 in campaign contributions from public stores to be awarded the state contract as a vaccination site. But before we go any further with this story, there's a few things you ought to know about Publix as a company. First, there are 815 of them in the state. 815 supermarkets across the state. They're everywhere, and each store has a fully operational pharmacy. Second, the next closest supermarket chain with pharmacies in their stores is Walmart. There's 159 of those in the state. Next closest is Albertsons, with 98. Third, Publix is one of the most trusted companies, not only in this state, but in any state where they operate. Fourth, Publix donated $140,000 to Democratic candidates in the same time frame as their donation to the DeSantis campaign. Now, how about that? Fifth, the original three public supermarket test sites for vaccination administration were in Palm Beach County. There's a lot of old people in Palm Beach County. The mayor of Palm Beach County is a Democrat, and he fully endorsed the idea of using Publix in Palm Beach. In fact, he even asked 60 Minutes to interview him in support of their collective decision with the uh, DeSantis administration to okay public stores. The program went so well in Palm Beach County, Publix was allowed to roll out the program across the state. In other words, all of Florida. Sixth, the state's medical director of emergency management, who plays a significant role in this issue, as you'd expect, fully endorsed the idea of using Publix as a statewide vaccination site. This position also happens to be a Democrat. Seventh, well, you get the idea. In fact, Florida was the first state to prioritize seniors, and, we, and we've got a lot of them here. Hard to believe, but many of the seniors like myself are conservatives and registered Republicans. 60 Minutes implied that this is why Governor DeSantis prioritized seniors. They vote Republican. That is terribly weak, isn't it? Hello, I mean, who's, di- who's dying from COVID? It's old folks. COVID doesn't care which political party you're in. Now, obviously, 60 Minutes couldn't find another notorious governor to take a shot at, so they went after Ron DeSantis. Of course, they, they did have a choice between Governor Andrew Cuomo or, on the other coast, Gavin Newsom. Governor Cuomo, as it turns out, took the opposite approach to protecting the elderly in New York, and we know how that turned out. And if that wasn't bad enough, he wrote a book and got paid millions and won a tiny little silver or gold as a gold trophy for lies about his leadership during the pandemic. Governor Newsom, on the other hand, has locked California down so tight that it hasn't been able to get its economic pants out of the closet much less put them on. Not to mention the closed schools fiasco and all the other shenanigans he's been up to. Like uh, Cuomo, Gavin Newsom's been doing personal stuff that didn't really fit into his responsibilities as the state's chief executive during a pandemic. But 60 Minutes couldn't find 
their way to New York, that's where they're located, of course. And apparently they couldn't afford a plane ticket to California. Oh, I forgot to mention that. 60 Minutes forgot to mention it, too. They left out that nearly 90,000 doses of vaccine were administered in partnership with churches recruited by the DeSantis administration, not the Biden-Harris administration. The governor also focused on the medically needy by prioritizing and administering thousands of doses to people with AIDS and other debilitating diseases. Well, now that there's so many sites for vaccination in Florida, that who's giving the shots is a non-issue. But this didn't stop 60 Minutes from making complete fools of themselves. And while we're talking about Florida, if you happen to be a law enforcement officer, commonly referred to as a Leo, if you're a Leo in one of those Leo-friendly cities like Chicago, New York City, Seattle, Los Angeles, please consider locating here in Florida. We're growing and we love men and women in blue and Sheriff Brown. Yes, Florida's growing. How much, you ask? 387,000 people in 2020. This year, we're well over 1,500 folks a day moving to Florida. Hopefully, Ron, Ron's office is listening to this broadcast, and I'll get an invite to the next 60 Minutes Ron to send us interview. Uh, at least the governor can do is give a shout-out to the America Out Loud radio network and the Frankly Daniels show for highlighting the truth. Okay, just a few other quick stories before we get down to some serious work. Here's an inconvenient fact for your Democrat friends. The CDC just released data showing that in 2018, 37,455 people died from unintentional falls. As it turns out, this is 126 times as many fatalities from rifles of any kind. Yes, this includes AR-15s and AK-47s. Now, perhaps Congress should get to work on anti-gravity safety legislation instead of railing against our Second Amendment tools. Unfortunately, Joe Biden and his Hopalong Cassidy sidekick, Beto O'Rourke, are still out to take our AR-15s and AK-47s away. That is, if we let them. Joe just came out with another executive order on guns, but that's a, that's a future show. The next quick take. The U.S. Census Bureau reports that in late March, 11% of K-12 students are now homeschooling. Who would have thunk it? You say, so what? Well, you'd be glad to know that the Gallup Organization and the Census Bureau say that there's been a 100% increase in homeschooling since 2019. In other words, homeschooling has doubled in just one year, and it looks like this trend is going to escalate and continue even after the pandemic ends. Why? Because more people are telecommuting, thanks to the pandemic, and that's not likely to change. I mean the telecommuting, not the pandemic. They also don't like the way school districts are handling the teachers' unions. Or some of the non-academic subject matter like critical race theory. By the way, Real Clear Opinion, a polling organization, came out with a survey last November, finding that support for school choice had jumped 10%. Yep, parental support for school choice now stands at 77%. Support for voter ID, for voter photo IDs, is only 72%. Like, wow, 77% support for school choice? Uh, Perhaps the teachers' union should pay attention. And finally, 
I couldn't pass this one up. CNN reports that Jim Acosta has been suffering from post-Trump stress disorder. He reports he's been unusually run down. Gosh, what if he doesn't recover? Okay, I said I wanted to talk about lies told by the radical left, so let's talk about those lies. No matter how often lies are repeated by politically driven scoundrels, and regardless of how often these lies are echoed in our ultra-biased media, lies will never be true unless we let them stand. Lies by the political left have insinuated themselves into every aspect of our human lives. Given that, let's start with what I think is the most heinous lie being told to us by the left. And what might that be, you say? That lie is that you and I are racists. If you're white, the left says, you were born a racist. According to critical race theory, there's truly little white folks can do about it, other than accept it, own it, and let other people walk all over us. It's white people's original sin, and the left hammers this lie home every chance they get. I'm sure you've heard this lie a thousand times in the last 100 days. Oh, you know you're not a racist, and perhaps you don't think the left is talking about you and me. <laughs> but they are. And of course, it's a lie. The lies about race are the worst. Democrats in the media know that calling someone a racist strikes fear and anger. Oh, Democrats know how to use uh, the fear of COVID. They know how to use the fear of COVID to steal elections, keep our schools and businesses closed, spend money we don't have, and to alienate us from each other. But lies about race, they trigger fear, loathing, hatred, anger, and acts of violence. It's the I'm rioting in your neighborhood because you're a racist theme. This evil should not only concern white people, but it should also concern every race and every American. If the radical left politicians can use blackness to call whiteness racist, they can just as easily use brownness to call blackness or redness racists, or any other combination. It's identity politics and it's pure evil. Bear with me as I replow some old ground to highlight how the current racial conflagration got started. We know who's been pushing this false white racist narrative, but where did the lie that whites are racist get its new beginning as a two-front political weapon? Yes, two fronts. Democrats are one front and the mainstream media is the other one. Is there a recent event or situation you can think of where the lie about white supremacy and white privilege welled up from? I'm not sure, but I think it really picked up steam after the liberal mainstream media twisted President Trump's words about the incident in Charlottesville, Virginia. Unquestionably, they distorted and perverted his comments into a big, fat racial lie. You may remember President Trump's August 12th 2017 comments about the riotous clashes that took place in Charlottesville, Virginia. This ugly clash of political ideologies took place over the proposed removal of a Confederate General Robert E. Lee's statue. I believe that's when all hell broke loose and the media launched the great white supremacy racist lie. This was also probably the launch point that accelerated the left's destruction of so many of our public statues and memorials, not only 
of Confederate generals, but also patriots, founders, and adventurers like Christopher Columbus. The media characterized Charlottesville, which did result in the tragic death of one young woman, as having been instigated by white neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Undoubtedly, there were neo-Nazis and white supremacists there that night and the next day. But that isn't even half the story. Let's listen to a clip of President Trump talking to reporters late in the afternoon of the same day. Remember when the media was for the statue removal of any famous historical figure who owned slaves, who supported slavery, who was indifferent to slavery, or who was an avowed racist? But of course the mainstream media was dead set against anything Trump supported. And Trump didn't support destruction of historical monuments or statues. This clip is a short one, I promise. This hot exchange between Trump and the media is in the middle of the back and forth. Sides, I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. And if you reported it accurately, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. This next clip is also a short one. It's of Trump trying to explain that this riot was not white supremacists and neo-Nazis violently clubbing peaceful, anti-racist activists just looking for social justice. White nationalists, unfairly? No, I just understand what you're saying. No. There were people in that rally, and I looked the night before. If you look, they were people protesting very quietly the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I'm sure in that group there were some bad ones. The following day, it looked like they had some rough, bad people, neo-Nazis, uh, white nationalists, whatever you want to call them. But you had a lot of people in that group that were there to innocently protest and very legally protest because, you know, I don't know if you know, they had a permit. The other group didn't have a permit. So I only tell you this. There are two sides to a story. I thought what took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. The president's entire comments were much longer than these short clips, but you get the idea. The one thing the media never fairly did after that heated exchange was to play back the full clip of Trump's comments. The parts where the president repudiated white supremacists and neo-Nazis, along with similar organizations on the left, was never played, except on a few stations like Fox. Trump un undoubtedly thought the entire incident was being purposely mischaracterized and falsely portrayed. And he was absolutely right. And I think President Trump was still in a state of disbelief as to how the media could be so consistently blind and hysterically false about events that were in plain sight. His comments about fake media accelerated after this media fiasco. Now let's hear 
a dishonest clip from our current president, Joe Biden, about the same Charlottesville event. Basement Joe dishonestly and shamefully mischaracterized what Trump said that day. Biden then went on to use Charlottesville event as a campaign raison d'etre for why he got in the race for the presidency. Let's hear that. August of 2017, we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open, their crazed faces illuminated by torches, veins bulging, and burying the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans, and a violent clash ensued. And a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? So there you have it. I believe Charlottesville was the event that launched the false white racist lie. The mainstream media gave this gift to Joe Biden as a reason to run against President Trump. Charlottesville made Donald Trump a racist and all Trump supporters, especially white Trumpers, ended up being racist too in the eyes of the left. Yes, what a hideous lie. And frankly, I'm fed up with it. And no, I'm not going to take it anymore. And I don't think any of us should. We'll talk about what to do about this a bit later. But right now, I ask your indulgence. We need to take a short break. We'll come right back to Racist Lies right after this short intervention. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Mm -hmm. 
Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Perchance to dream you've missed any part of this program, it repeats today at 4 p.m., and then again on Sunday at 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Before we get back to the lies of the left, allow me to share with you a quote from Dwight D. Eisenhower. I don't know if he had the Democrats in mind when he said this, but after I read it, I certainly did. Quote, If a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then this is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. This makes me think that the Democrat Party is not really a political party. They are merely a conspiracy to seize power. And over the next several shows, I'm going to show you exactly how. There are so many quotes about the evils of lying that we should know better by now not to do it. Conservatives don't use racial lies to promote political agendas, but other low-minded folks on the other side of the political spectrum use lies like hammers and chisels to erode truth and promote divisiveness. I think after unconditional love, the next thing I learned from my parents was not to lie. Unfortunately, with some people, lying is genetic. With some, it's a real talent. For instance, that despicable human being, Nazi Joseph Goebbels, who said, A lie told once remains a lie, but a lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. Now that's twisted. This apparently is the mission statement at CNN and MSNBC. Winston Churchill said, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when a white man shot eight people in three different massage parlors in Atlanta, Georgia? Because six of these tragic victims were women of Asian descent, the mainstream media immediately, and I mean instantly, tagged this as a crime against Asian Americans by a white supremacist. It was a racial hate crime by a white man. However, once all the after-action reports came out, this pathetic, sick psychotic is a sex addict, and he was trying to combat his addiction by murdering the objects of his addiction. Very twisted, very sick. We now know this because he was in long-term treatment for sex addiction in a licensed rehabilitation center. We also know from widespread reporting that many of these massage parlors, allegedly, operated by Asian Americans, allegedly, are outlets for prostitution. Apparently, he routinely visited these massage parlors where the victims were murdered in Atlanta. You may remember the Patriots football owner, Robert Kraft, was caught up in a criminal solicitation for visiting an Asian American-run massage parlor in Florida. But what's important is the lie told by the mainstream media about the Atlanta shooting. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris went to Atlanta soon after to give speeches denouncing hate crimes against Asian Americans, especially Asian American women. And yes, they used the Atlanta example as a case in point. That's why they went to Atlanta to give these false narrative speeches. Camilla said that this nation is xenophobic, that we are a racist nation, and that we have a long history 
of Asian American racism and hate. Her examples? Well, they were how we treated Chinese railroad workers in California in the 1880s. Yes, the 1880s. Her second example was the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. First, most of us had nothing to do with discrimination against Chinese railroad workers 140 years ago. I certainly didn't. Second, Franklin Delano Roosevelt rounded up the Japanese Americans in internment camps in 1942. To the best of my recollection, Roosevelt was a Democrat. And then there's the excuse of President Trump. According to Kamala and Joe, the alleged hate crimes against Asian Americans is largely due to Trump calling the Chinese coronavirus the Chinese or Wuhan virus. Yeah, the lies about Trump remain and Democrats use them every darn day. But the point is, the mainstream media, Joe and Kamala, were quick to call this another shooting, another shooting spree, another shooting spree by a hateful white supremacist. Moreover, this was a crime with left-wing radical benefits. This crime was a double whammy. Not only was the perpetrator white, but this was also a crime with a gun. What a bonanza. Haven't we heard this quick-to-judgment blaming before? Its purpose isn't to beat the other news outlets in a race to be first. It's driven by a political agenda fueled by a very sick ideology. Now, you may recall the most recent tragedy on the property of the U.S. Capitol. A young, deeply disturbed African-American male killed one Capitol Police officer who was just put to rest and injured another with his car. He then exited the car and approached the other officers with a knife. Now, it's amazing how little we've heard about this psychotic. He was also a devout follower of the Nation of Islam and Mr. Farrakhan. Nobody called him a black supremacist. Nobody called this a black supremacist hate event. And thank the Lord they didn't, because it wasn't. No one called for knife or weaponized car control legislation. This young man was not in his right mind, and there's no indication he killed a white Capitol police officer because of his race or his religion. But you have to ask, why not? Isn't dishonest turnaround fair play with the left-driven mainstream media? What if this had been a white man instead of a black man? Well, there's also an adage that says, The truth doesn't cost you anything, but a lie could cost you everything. How many people have been hurt not only by having been called a racist, but have lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their sense of dignity, their sense of humor, certainly, and challenges to their personal worth because someone in the mainstream media had a political motive to call them a racist, or your co-workers called you a racist, or your neighbor calls you a racist, or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris calls you a racist. I can think of three big-time victims right off the top of my head. Piers Morgan, for not believing Meghan Markle's racial slurs about the royal family, then there was Sharon Osbourne, who lost her job on a TV show called The Talk for supporting Piers Morgan's right to have an opinion about Meghan Markle. And there was Chris Harrison, 
host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette for nearly 20 years. Chris's crime? He publicly defended one of the female contestants who had attended a college antebellum ball in 2018 wearing an antebellum very southern gown. Fans slam Chris Harrison even after he apologized for allegedly, allegedly, perpetrating racism by defending Rachel Kirkconnell, the contestant. Now, she was likewise slammed for attending this Old South antebellum-themed plantation college party in 2018. How could she have known that the perverted rules of some thinly-veiled racial appropriation would change in a flash? Apparently, the antebellum period is, is off-limits. We know that because Gone with the Wind has also been canceled by the cancel culture. It's a victim of the same pernicious cancel culture. Well, these seem like one-off stories of limited concern to us, certainly. But what about the lies, the pathetic character-assassinating lies, told by our politicians? And not just any politicians. How about those running for president? Remember all those concerns mainstream media had about Trump's lies and fact-checking? Nobody seemed to be fact-checking Joe Biden. Yes, let's go to fibbing Joe Biden, who's continued his lying ways even as president. Why change now? Lying is nothing new for Basement Show. He's been at it for, what, 50 years now? But Joe calling Republicans racist? Really? Well, I've got three short clips for you that highlight his lies about the new Georgia voting law. In this first clip, President Joe Biden's at his first press conference answering a question about Georgia's new election integrity law. If you've been following this controversy, you know that Biden is either just wrong-headed about this law, or somebody gave him the wrong cue cards to read, or Joe is just lying. Un-American, this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. Deciding in some states that you cannot bring water to people standing in line waiting to vote. Deciding that you're going to end voting at 5 o'clock when working people are just getting off work. Deciding that there will be no absentee ballots under the most rigid circumstances. It's all designed, and I'm going to spend my time doing three things. One, trying to figure out how to pass legislation passed by the House, number one. Number two, educating the American public. The Republican voters I know find this despicable. Republican voters. Folks out. I'm not talking about the, le- the elected officials. I'm talking about voters. Voters. And so I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do, and it cannot be sustained. I'm going to do everything in my power, along with my friends in the House and the Senate, to keep that from uh, from becoming the law. Well, this is the first time we've heard Jim Crow enter the uh, conversation. We'll talk about Jim Crow in a minute. Uh, he said he was going to do three things. I only heard two of them. He was going to pass legislation, which has to do with H.R. 1, probably the worst uh legislation I've ever taken a look at, and there's so many people that agree that it's off the wall. And the second thing is that he says he knows all these Republican voters who really think the Georgia law is Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Crow on steroids. Uh, what he's, he's, He knows a lot of different Republicans that I don't, apparently. I can't find anybody that's into that. And as for educating our voters, uh, that's a mystery because this is a lie, and you'll see 
over and over again. And if you listen, listen to him in the future, he repeats the same lie over and over about water, food, voting hours, and the likes. So let's quickly go to clip two. I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them. They're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. What is it all about? Imagine passing a law saying you cannot provide water or food for someone standing in line to vote. Can't do that? Come on. That clip was from ESPN, and the host asked Joe whether he thought it was a good idea that the Major League Baseball was moving their all-star game from Atlanta to Denver. And that was Joe's answer about how responsible the professional athletes are. Although they're all doing business in China Things that are going on in China don't seem to bother them, but this voter integrity law somehow in Georgia, which does none of the things that Joe talks about, including any Jim Crow baloney, that, that they're all up in arms against. But do you think the Masters golf tournament should be moved out of Georgia? I think that's up to the, the Masters. Look, uh, you know, um, it is reassuring to see that for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. In this last clip, Joe points a finger at corporations. If for-profit corporations want to be decent moral companies... They'll protest election integrity and move to a state that cheats on elections. Can you tell me what values the Georgia election integrity law violates, Mr. President? If what's in the Georgia law is truthfully the law and anyone can read the law and understand it, then these changes to the law that the legislature made are outstanding values for ensuring legal votes count and illegal votes don't. Furthermore, every citizen of Georgia has access to vote. If they do, then what's the problem? Well, I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is that the Georgia law clearly demonstrates we don't need a federal takeover of elections. Now, President Biden has repeated these outright lies multiple times in multiple forms since his press conference on March 25th of this year. There are also multiple video and audio clips of Joe not only calling Georgia racist, but also any state looking to reinforce or reform their voter integrity laws. At last count, there's about 34 states in the process of doing just this. Why? Because the 2020 elections were a massive fraud and a disaster. Joe repeats... Joe repeats, Joe repeats over and over and over again that Georgia is instituting Jim Crow laws. This is outright slander. Remember Nazi Joseph Goebbels? A lie told once remains a lie, but a lie told thousands of times becomes the truth. That, in fact, is their mission. Democrats are threatening professional sports, American corporations, and lying to the American public not only about Georgia's laws, but that they expect by advertised intimidation that other states will fear a similar backlash as to what's going on in, in Georgia if they reform their election laws. 
What an un-American chilling effect. Also, they're building a case for a federal takeover of all elections in America. States can't be trusted to do the right thing. Ultimately, this is all about H.R. 1 and the Senate version, S.R. 1. Let's talk Jim Crow. The Compromise of 1877 was an informal agreement between Southern Democrats and allies of the Republican President Rutherford B. Hayes. The Compromise settled the results of the 1876 presidential election, which was a mess, it's a long story, and marked the end of the Reconstruction era. This compromise required the federal government to withdraw federal troops from the South. Federal troops were all that kept Southern Democrats from practicing wholesale discrimination against African Americans. One of the first citizen privileges to go for blacks was voting. White-dominated state legislature passed onerous voting bills requiring voters to pay poll taxes or take literacy tests. Many blacks couldn't afford to vote, and many of them still couldn't read. There's an exceptionally long and ugly story of violence and intimidation that goes with black voting and the Democratic South. But that's for another time and another show. As for Jim Crow, of note, there happens to be a Jim Crow Museum of Racist Memorabilia at Ferris State University. I encourage you to visit their website. Just type in Jim Crow Museum in your web browser and, and, you'll, and you'll get there. As outlined on History.com, Jim Crow laws were a collection of state and local statutes that legalized racial segregation. These laws were named after a black minstrel show character, Thomas Dartmouth, who referred to himself as Daddy Rice. He performed minstrel routines in the 1830s as a fictional character known as Jim Crow. It was a caricature of a clumsy, dim-witted, black enslaved man. Rice created the character after witnessing an elderly black man singing a tune called Jump Jim Crow in Louisville, Kentucky. He later appropriated the Jim Crow persona into a minstrel act. He dressed in blackface makeup, much like the governor of Virginia, and uh, performed jokes and songs in a stereotypical black dialect. Eventually, white Democratic Party Southerners referred to these laws meant to marginalize African Americans as Jim Crow laws. These laws denied African Americans the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, travel in freedom, or other opportunities. Those who defied Jim Crow laws often faced arrest, fines, harassment, jail sentences, violence, and even death. A landmark 1896 U.S. Supreme Court decision, Plessy v. Ferguson, unfortunately upheld the constitutionality of racial segregation under the separate but equal doctrine. This fostered Jim Crow laws across the nation. Let me read a few of those actual Jim Crow laws. Nurses. No person or corporation shall require any white female nurse to nurse in wards or rooms in hospitals, either public or private, in which Negro men are placed. That was in Alabama. Intermarriage. It shall be unlawful for a white person to marry anyone except a white person. Any marriage in violation of this section shall be void. That's Georgia. Barbers. No colored barber shall serve as a barber to white women or girls. That was in Georgia, too. Burial. 
The officer in charge shall not bury or allow to be buried any colored persons upon grounds set apart or used for the burial of white persons. Georgia. Textbooks. Textbooks shall not be interchangeable between the white and colored schools, but shall continue to be used by the first race using them. North Carolina. Now, are these the Jim Crow laws you're referring to, Mr. President? Are these the types of laws that Georgia just passed with their new voter integrity law? I think not, sir. To return a phrase, Joe Biden is a lying dog-faced pony soldier. There isn't one single solitary state with Jim Crow laws, much less Jim Crow laws on steroids. There also isn't any state laws that are Jim Crow 2.0. These are racial lies. They're race-baiting. Read the Georgia law, Mr. President, or have it read to you. Why don't you go to the Heritage Foundation and read their articles and research on election integrity? What happened in the 2020 presidential race was far worse than any crime. If you thought the Russia hoax was evil, the devil himself voted in every state in 2020. The Democratic Party is not really a political party. They are merely a conspiracy to seize power. And across the coming weeks, I'll prove this assertion to you. Given that the NBA, MLB, and NFL have all waded into the deep end of racial politics, I think it's only fair to point out some remarkably interesting hypocrisy. In watching segments of the NCAA men's basketball tournament these past weeks, I couldn't help but notice that most teams are comprised of predominantly African-American players. In fact, in fact, it's not unusual to see 10 African-American players on a team of 12 men. No, I haven't heard Stacey Abrams or Al Sharpton or anybody on MSNBC, CBS, or CNN pointing out the disparity in this. Hello, whites currently comprise 67% of our adult population, so why aren't there 67% of whites on these basketball teams? If anyone tried to impose such a stupid rule, I'd be the first to raise a voice against it. Why? Because sports, like many things in life, should be based on merit and ability. Do we need social engineering in intercollegiate sports? When it comes to tryouts for any particular team, the coaches are going to pick the 12 best players, irrespective of religion, skin color, their nation of origin, or any other silly social engineering issue. Heck, I'm still trying to understand the moral or practical purpose of allowing biological men to compete as women on sports teams. As we're coming to a close, let me share this with you. While suturing a cut on the hand of a 75-year-old farmer, the doctor struck up a conversation with the old man. Eventually, the topic got around to Joe Biden and his role as our president. The old farmer said, Well, Doc, you know, old Joe Biden, he's a post-turtle. Now, not being familiar with the term, the doctor asked him, What's a post-turtle? The old farmer said, You know, when you're driving down a country road and you come across a fence post with a turtle balanced on top, now that's a post-turtle. The old farmer saw the puzzled look on the doc's face, so he figured it was going to take some more explaining. So he said to the doc, You know that turtle didn't get up there by himself. He doesn't belong up there, and he doesn't know what to do while he's up there. In other words, doc, he's elevated beyond his ability to function like a normal turtle, and you just have to wonder what kind of dumb SOB put him up there to begin with. 
The doc looked back at the farmer and said, Now, isn't that the truth? Well, our time has flown by. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends and family about America Out Loud and the Frankly Daniel Show. This show repeats at 4 p.m. today. I'll be back next week with a revelation on immigration. In the meantime, cheers and blessings to all.